This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Cannon to the left of them, cannon to the right of them. Cannon in front of them volleyed and thundered. Into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell rode the six tauntauns. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello and welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. What's up? Pretty swell. You know, it's Monday and the week's going well already. So I'm excited to talk about all sorts of new uh, stuff that we didn't get to talk about last week. Yeah, so we we had a massive, massively significant uh, FFD live stream where they revealed a bunch of hot new things um, in portions. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk, since that was mostly about Clone Wars units, we're going to talk about using Overwatch with clones, since they can share standby tokens. Um, not just using Overwatch, using standby tokens generally, but um, in particular using Phase 2s with Overwatch. Can we talk for a second about why is that ability not just called Overwatch? Why is... It hurts my soul. Why is standby not just called Overwatch? Yeah, man. Like, uh because you're, you're standing by and waiting to do something. I don't know. Overwatch just sounds so much cooler and like I think embodies what it's supposed to be so much more. I mean, that's literally what it's called in... Um, uh, what's that? What's that computer game? X-Con. Help me out here. That's it. Yeah. 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 It's literally standby and it's called Overwatch and XCOM. So. Yeah, it's it's great. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they wanted to come up with a different name so <laughs> they wouldn't be literally copying XCOM. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> All right, so we're going to talk about Overwatch slash Standby. Uh, we're going to talk about R2-D2, because he's out now. I know we did like a hot take R2-D2 thing in a couple episodes ago, but we're going to talk about actual R2 tactics. And uh, and then after that, we've got a exploratory section, which may or may not have a Wookiee in it. So, um, yeah, should be fun if we get to that. Let's uh, Let's launch into the news. Welcome to In the News. So the new factions are getting a bunch of crap. Um, crap? Like, You're calling crap. this crap? Well, crap crap used in the way that, you know, stuff. Um, it's all good stuff. It's okay. definitely not. It's decidedly not crap. Uh, okay. All of these units look amazing and competitive. Um, you have the BX droids and ARC troopers, which are essentially the, um, the separatist and republic versions of commandos and scouts and then you have cad bane and his hat which is separate apparently do you just automatically receive a game loss if you put cad bane on the table without his hat on god i hope so <laughs> i think at a minimum that should be like a like a strong warning someone was joking that they should uh, they would take the hat and make it into a recover the supplies objective <laughs> recover the hat. Objective. Yeah. <laughs> so they would have cat without his hat and then the the recover token would be his hat yep well he would just shoot the nearest person with a hat and take their hat oh yeah exactly do like helmets count um i mean it's better than nothing you know <laughs> okay <laughs> uh and then of, of course we have padme amidala 
both her and Cad Bane are operatives. These are the first operatives for the new Clone Wars factions. So mm -hmm. She's kind of like an operative version of Leia, it seems like. Yeah. Um, Leia's mom, so. Well, yeah, I mean, she's literally Leia's mom, so. Yeah. You're not supposed to know that. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> here, here I go, spoiling a, how old is it now? 17-year-old movie? Yeah. Okay. I'm impressed that you just rattled that off. I would have said like 20. Feels uh, like 20, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the quick math is Phantom Menace is 99, so that would put Sith at 2003. Man, okay. Presuming a two-year release cycle. <laughs> there you go. Okay, moving on. Um, yep. So I think the biggest takeaway from all this sweet new stuff is strike teams. Yeah, copy yeah. paste. I agree, um, and but in and, a good way. Well, I mean, like I think good way TBD, right? Um, fair, fair. But I do think that uh, assuming that they are statted and point cost. You know, I, I'm not sure if we've got the point cost for them already or not. But um, assuming that they're similarly costed, um, this allows clones and droids likely to get up to 10 to 11 activations, which I think is a big deal. Yeah, I think it makes them instantly competitive because that's the thing they've kind of been lacking up until this point. Yeah, like like they both they both have strong bones as a faction. You know, their core mechanics are good. Their core units are good. Their characters are good. Um, but they just haven't been able to really hit that 10 plus activation mark. And now it looks like they'll be able to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like 10 activation Dooku sounds really scary to me. Definitely. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I bet you, you you could find a way to make 10 activation Grievous, Grievous Dooku work. You might have to drop some heavy weapons and stuff, but like. No, I'm, I'm sure you could get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dooku and Grievous do all the heavy lifting in that work, anyways, and and if and if you are allowed to like actually last first with with one of them, like I think it's a game changer. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, we'll see. the uh, The models are incredible looking for both the BXs and the arcs. Yeah, can we talk about those shields and those jetpacks? Yes. Holy crap! Yeah, they actually have it so that like. You know, you see in the show, they've got those energy riot shields and they actually shoot through them. Like they'll poke the front of their gun through the riot shield and shoot. And the models can actually do that. Yeah, they yeah. come with the, the acrylic, clear acrylic insert that goes inside the plastic. Yeah, and you can actually like poke their little rifles through the front of the shields. Yeah, I mean, they they outdid themselves, frankly, um, I think. Like those... A, those models are fantastic. Like, so we've got the we've got the shields with the guns, but the other thing is the flight stands. Like, from at least from what they were saying, like you can use them on any unit. I think technically, like, I think. And those are those are really nice looking flight stands. The way that they're like curved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's new because the, all the other ones have been straight. Like, yep. I would much rather have my Boba Fett on a flight stand that looks like that. Definitely, you know, um, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and and Captain Rex can take a jetpack now, so you can use those flight <laughs> stands for that because they're not like model locked. Yeah, so now uh, clones get a budget Mando. Yeah, like that's really dope. And with search tokens, he might as well be. With, yeah, um, with search tokens, he might as well be Mando. He's slow for Mando, but still. I guess he doesn't have impervious, but like, 
you know. He's uh, also yeah. like 90 points. Yeah, he's also like a <laughs> how, he's, how he's much is the jetpack? Point, or what? Uh, it's it was, 195 it, with the jetpack or something? Yeah, he gets the discounted jetpack, so it's like 95 before other upgrades. So he'll be like, what, 100 and, 115 yeah. after aggressive? Seems Seems good. Seems real good. I, I would easily staple jump onto any named character for five points. Yeah, hundred. Can you imagine like Han with jump? Oh, that'd be great. Yes, in fact, I can. <laughs> yeah, it's actually called Sabine. It's it's called uh, it's called Captain Rex without Pierce. Yeah. Like like it's just Rex is Han without Pierce. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what I, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Someone was complaining to me about the lack of Pierce, and I was like, dude, that extra dice makes a huge difference when you're shooting into cover. Yeah. And then of course fire it makes fire support like very legitimate with his with his one pip. Yeah. Uh, just being able to like last jump over a piece of terrain, shoot two things, and then first shoot two yeah. things and jump back over it and just like not take any damage. Trust me, you know, Boba Fett and Sabine have been doing that for a long time and it's real good. Yep. yep. You know. Uh, yeah, so very excited about those. It looks like, um, I mean, there's there's some extra stuff in like the Asmodee page spreads that were not in the reveal articles. So um, would encourage folks to go check those out. It looks like they get sniper rifles um, of some kind. It's unclear what else they get. Um, the droids get bombs because that's what it says. We don't know <laughs> what they do yet. Yeah. <laughs> the article says they get bombs. Therefore, they have bombs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Joys with bombs. Get, the clones get Echo and Fives. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we have some more named. We have some more named. Uh, named folks. They showed the Echo and the Five. They showed, it showed us one of the models. I don't know if it was Echo or Fives, but they showed. They showed them on the stream, and uh, they're just they're just looking so great. Like I mean, theoretically, models. they could just be the same model, right? Uh, yes, in theory, they could be with the oh. head swap. Yeah, I mean, like they're clones, so they're all the same person, really. Are they? Are they really people? Look, but but fives has a tattoo of the number five on his forehead, and echo echoes everything that someone else says. Yeah, uh, I, I do yeah. appreciate that we're getting more named minor characters. Definitely agreed. Um, I think that makes it really feel like like Pow and Bistan were really cool. Um, and that, like, you had a unit that felt unique in your army because you got this, like, named character. And I, I really hope they continue to continue with that trend. Agree. Uh, all right. So we got Hat Bane, Mr. Mr. Cad Bane and his hat. Um, they only showed one command card, I think, on the stream. It was the one where he dishes out expression tokens. Yes. Seems, seems strong. Seems pretty cool. Yeah, he's got, uh, uh, looks like on his card, he's got Danger Sense. So, um Kind of feels like you stack up a bunch of suppression and then just <laughs> give it all away. <laughs> yeah, you hand it out and then. So that's pretty neat. When you get suppressions, you get immobilized tokens. Yeah, yep. that seems really strong, actually. Yeah. <laughs> an area, it's basically an area of effect slow when you think about it. Like that's the that's the practical outcome. Yeah. Um, so that's that's great. I mean, especially in a game that's objective based, right? And especially now that we're gonna have like. Um, you know, the hostages and other things coming, you know, being slowed down is a huge liability. So, you know, it's very threatening already, just off the top. Totally. Yeah. And that model looks sick. Yeah. They did a great job with that thing. I love the, the cross pose with the, the button press on the wrist console. It looks really yep. good. Yeah, I actually think I like that one better than, like, the gunslinger pose. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I think if if you field him without his hat, it's just a penalty. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do it just to spite you guys now. <laughs> They were joking they would make a blister pack with like 20 hats in it. Yeah. Not put the hats on everything. I would be totally okay with them releasing like some sort of like accessories upgrade pack for each faction. Heck yeah. Yeah. Like I think that would be really cool. Right. More more model diversity is better. And and like throw in some transfers while you're at it for like clones and and imperials and stuff. All about it. Yep. Anyway, well, they didn't really talk too much about what he does other than that, so we'll talk more about him when we get a full preview. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, let's talk about Padme, because they did show Padme's 3-pip, which seems to be kind of a (laughs) unit-defining thing for her. Yeah. So we all know how much of a splash R2's been making with his secret mission. Um, Yeah, Padme gets secret mission and infiltrate. Man, I don't know know what they were thinking. This is insanity. (laughs) Double secret mission. Um, yeah, well, not just double secret mission. One of them infiltrates. Yeah. So, um, uh, was it you? So, were you talking to me about that? Saying, is it? Can I just spend ninety points to like put a VP in my opponent's deployment area and then wait six turns to win? Like, I mean, it that's really tough, right? Like, yeah. You can't just you can't just like infiltrate. First of all, it's really div- I mean, I guess. It's not it's not timing based, right? Like you can do you it, it she just gains infiltrate. It's not like Vader's where she goes down last. Yeah. So correct. you can like play this card and then like put her down in the opponent's deployment zone, but then your opponent's gonna just like surround her with ten units and kill her, right? So like mm-hmm. that Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah really that doesn't mean. work. So like once your opponent starts like putting units in their deployment zone, can you really put Padme in a deployment zone? The answer to that is probably probably not. But on some deployments, like advanced positions, um, it's probably not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, seems still seems kind of tough to execute on and um, a- and like make it work. I th- I think that there will be times when it definitely can work. Yeah. Um, but you're also pulling a really good like ninety to hundred point unit out of your army. Could, for the for the first couple turns potentially. I was I was thinking but, yeah. I was thinking that it's oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike or Kyle. Jeez. Well, it's it's not like R2, you know, where he's thirty five points. Like she she does a lot of other stuff that R2 doesn't really do, um, if she's with your main force. So Right. Yeah, I mean just just I mean like you can see the exemplar keyword on her card. Friendly units at range one to two and in line of sight can spend your green tokens. That means Kenobi can spend your standbys. Like, yeah. like th- this is this is not a like a trivial ability. Like, like being able to have your your like Jedi get two attacks a turn through Padme's standby tokens. Like, that's huge. Like, yeah. and, and if you're infiltrating, you're giving that up. You know, um, potentially. Potentially, like it's, it's it's clearly there will probably be situations where like. You know, you infiltrate with Padme, and then like Kenobi races over to like go defend her or whatever. So, first of all, super thematic. So maybe they weren't crazy with this. It seems like that kind of. Oh. Thing. Um, <laughs> but like these abilities are really good. Yeah, I, I'm ready, man. Yeah, I'm ready for a double tapping saber tank. That's what I'm ready for. 
or double tap I mean, Overwatch clones or any of that yeah, stuff. It, yeah, like you could use Exemplar with tanks based on the, the like reminder text. Yeah, on if, this card. if the reminder text is the same as the eventual entry, which we don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, seems you, good. You would think that it would say friendly trooper units if it, they're yeah, because there's plenty of room there to put trooper. the word trooper in that in that reminder. <laughs> yeah, text, right? there's a ton of room. Like, they could have um, done it. I mean, I don't know, man. So, like, would happen. That's all I'm gonna say. That that's that's true. But like, based on the reminder text on this card, you can give a standby token to a tank without it being its turn, and that's just we that that's a thing that has not happened in this game yet. Yeah, it's not not no. really. It's super. It's super interesting. It's um. I think I think these four releases are gonna move the game in a way that we haven't seen since. Uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but just in a way that we haven't seen since the original Sniper It, it kind of makes me giggle when you put that next to the AAT's barrage ability. <laughs> well, for, for it to trip that standby, a unit still has to wander within range yeah, two of it. It's not like it just gets the second attack. It's not like free. it's hard to do with a giant base. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and, and centrally based objectives. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to be shoving that tank up into your opponent's grill anyways, yeah. right? You're just like, here... Go forth with all of your wounds plus R two D two. It's like it's likely right? it's likely that that's going to happen. Of course, then the tank has that ginormous weak point for a reason. The saber, I mean, not the AAT. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to see, man. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting several months, <laughs> starting at the end of this. I mean, one. Uh, yeah, I think that all of these like new little mini games are really good for the health of the game you know i think it's yet to be determined if like they're too good but i do think that they they make a lot of games like different right you're playing breakthrough you're playing like intercept the transmissions with secret like secret mission characters like all of a sudden the objective is different like it's the same but it's also like it's got a nice skew to it bounty was not i don't know it wasn't the same type of mini game i feel like I just like that there's a theoretical situation where you can just win certain objectives only on secret mission. Like I was thinking key positions, for example, where, you know, you only have to control your home objective and then it's like, oh, I win anyway because I have double secret. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's some, yeah. edge, some interesting edge cases that could happen. For sure. I mean, like, Similar to VAPs, like you can be red player on VAPs. Yeah, it's I just mean, like bounty it's then. Unlikely you'll be able to get into the deployment zone, but fair. Well, maybe. I mean, certain zones, particularly battle lines and disarray, um, it's, it's actually <laughs> like that's a big, big wide zone. Um, yeah, we'll talk about playing R two here later in the in the cast, but um, if you can force a deployment like that, your chances of scoring secret mission are actually pretty good. Game, yeah, and it's worth noting that like. No, sorry. I was saying you can infiltrate Padme just to have her gun down by Tauntauns on Disarray. I'm just, seeing, I'm just seeing it now. Well, that's fair. But it's worth noting that like Padme can handle herself if like against a core. Oh, unit. certainly. Like, you know, you can't just send one core unit to deal with Padme. She will kill it. Right. Yeah. It's not like it's not like sending a core unit after R two. No. <laughs> no. I mean, thing. she's she's got sharpshooter to with uh like a range three pierce gun like you need to oh, we haven't even talked about the fire support combo that's possible with that gun holy moly uh it makes fire support a lot yeah, good when you're in cover, cover and, right? and hit surge hitting 
Uh, wow, that's kind of dope. Basically, just makes any clone unit yeah. superpower at the expense of two activations. Yeah, we're kind of. Uh, I, I feel like with clones in particular, we're kind of starting to see their faction yep. identity come out a little bit. Um, you know, they haven't been like. I think the saber probably changes the calculus a little bit as do phase twos, but at least with just the core set release, they haven't been like super competitive um, at the higher levels. But I think. I think the saber and the phase twos, and then now what we're seeing here kind of drastically changes that calculus. Yeah, they're, they're definitely earning their status as elite just because the spike damage they can produce is so incredible. Yeah, and the way that you know, like you said, Mike, like if you if you're running double secret mission, you're forcing your opponent to play your, your game regardless of what the objective is. Right. It's like all of a sudden. Oh, we're, you know, we could be playing key positions, but we're really not anymore. We're playing the game that I want to be playing, right? So, right. you know, um, and that's an that's an interesting dichotomy that we haven't really run into yet. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out balance wise, but thematically, it's it's interesting. All right, um, let's move on to the Legion One Hundred and One section, where we're going to keep talking about some clones. It's time for Legion One Hundred and One. Classes in session. All right, I'll let you guys carry this one because uh, you're the clone players. But um, you know, clones can share standby tokens, which yeah. is awesome. Um, and of course, if you give those clones Overwatch, which gives them the Sentinel ability, they can react to yeah, things at range three <laughs> instead of range two. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, for four points, I think you take it on every phase two squad you have. Um, I mean, like, maybe you only need it on one or two squads, but... Just about. Uh, so the difference between range two and range three is pretty significant, as most people are already aware when it comes to over, uh, standby tokens. Um, and when we talk about range three and being able to share standby tokens, we're all of a sudden talking about, like, being able to literally hedge people out of being able to shoot you in certain situations. Like rebels have DLTs now, but um, it's, you know, it's not a sure thing to be able to, you know, uh, so the other, let me back up. Uh, you can cohere your units in such a fashion that um, sure. you will not be able to shoot a standby token off the unit that has it that's sharing it with the phase two squad, like they will be past range four. Like, so you need, you basically need like a sniper rifle to start shooting standby tokens. If you're cohering your units properly um, in order to, to share it and, and do that. It's kind of hard to visualize without like drawing a diagram, but essentially, you know, you, you draw from the, each unit leader, you know, you, you cohere directly towards the other squad. You can, it, make it so that it's greater than range four um mm -hmm. yeah basically so the only thing you can strip it with is a sniper essentially right and even and, then that might not be possible because of the because of line of sight blocking right and 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 that's a whole nother ball game but essentially what happens there if you're doing it if you're like utilizing the ability properly with the clones is that you're saying okay if you want to strip my standbys you have to walk into my standby range and like all of a sudden 
the standby generally is not super great as like the first action of a turn, but like a clone player can like literally move up, take a standby token or like take a standby token on like the back unit. And then, you know, they can kind of share it up the chain and it just, it, it becomes, it's very xcom frankly, if you, if you haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Cause was... you're, you're talking about creating layers. Sorry, go ahead, David. No, please. I mean, you're just creating layers of defense where if your opponent walks into the, whatever range that is, they get pasted. Right, exactly. And and you can kind of set it up so that, like, um, you, you can do some funky stuff with it, too. Like, if you've got a unit that has access to multiple standby tokens, like, you can respond by, like, moving your unit farther up and making sure you're still in standby range and then firing on the next trigger, you know? So you can, like continue to extend your standby range with the standby tokens that you already have. Um, there's a lot of complicated scenarios that can result from that, but a savvy player can really use that ability to kind of like do some wonky stuff mid-turn, like in response to their opponent's actions. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this through a little bit here as we talk, and... I guess two major things arise for me. The first one is people have been lobbying on the forums and the discords that are out there for a pass mechanic. And this kind of obviates that pretty directly because now you have the ability to pass, but then not lose out on taking a meaningful action with a different unit somewhere in your army, despite having taken a less than meaningful action elsewhere on the board. Yeah. Um, this is, of course, you know, in the whole grand scheme of things, because we have the alternate and the activation nature of the game, trying to sort of wait out your opponent until the time is right for you to make your move. Um, in our case, you know, now as clones, uh, we have the ability to, to zone off a section, as you were saying, with a, a range three standby. And um, this Overwatch sharing thing is probably the most like direct tool that we have to overcome relatively low activation counts compared to the field. Um, 11 and 12 is now increasingly common for Empire and Rebel. And this is going to give clones a big leg up, I think, um, this phase two Overwatch stuff. And um, the second thought that arises for me is it's probably unlikely that you're going to have room to bid in any clone list because your units are so expensive. Um, but in order to leverage this effectively, you need to look for um, objectives in your opponent's battle deck that require them to stand in a certain place. Like intercept comes to mind. Yep. Uh, recover the supplies comes to mind. Uh, things that your opponent has to move to an area to accomplish the the task, and then setting up your defenses around that area. Um, my my only concern is that when we when you get into a situation like that that now becomes a standoff um your opponent then says okay you know i can i can dwell back here for a little bit i have superior range and that's where like the next thing comes into play is they're going to leverage their ranged weapons um i'm thinking in particular snipers and cassian and aiden uh come going forward they're going to be leveraged against you so i'm um, I'm, I'm wondering I'm wondering what the next step is strategically afterward, but that might be beyond the scope of this particular discussion. Well, I think it's it's notable that you know you need to set your defenses up and then you also need to be like using that for something, right? So if you 
are setting up your defenses so that they can't steal the box on recover the supplies or whatever, you need to be setting yourself up to steal that box because they're not moving in on it, right? Um, yeah. It's it's also worth noting, you know, you were talking about bidding, um, that this ability, and we haven't seen it a ton so far, but with mainly because the faction has been restricted due to the lack of special forces and good support slots. Um, but, you know, naked core units are become a lot better if they're giving a standby token to a loaded phase two squad, right? You're, you're like, okay, I've got this 52 point unit that is essentially trading its activation in to give, to get a phase two attack out of it. Right. Yep. Um, and, and that can be um, like that. That's probably the most valuable thing a naked core unit could be doing in this game from any faction is trade yeah. is, is acting essentially acting like it has um, a, uh, you know, a heavy weapon and it, it, it doesn't, and you don't have to take the heavy weapon for it to do that. And, and not only that, but you get, you can, you can like aim standby with your naked core unit. Okay. That's actually pretty good. Um, yeah. Like you've, you've passed, you've passed things on. Um, it's almost like you have another heavy right, I mean, without paying for it. it. It's basically like you gave your phase two squad four actions this turn. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and like, and that's per, per time you do that. So if you take, two or three naked core units and you've got like three fully floated phase twos up there. Right. They've all got overwatch and you're like aim standby and with all your useless units and giving them all these sweet tokens. That's, that's awesome. Not only that, but um, I mean, there's clearly the issue with this strategy becomes uh, if your phase twos start to get depleted. Well, Kenobi is a really great tool to make sure that that doesn't happen. You're like, yeah, okay, the Sorosu Guardian. Right. You know, you've, you've all of a sudden got not only an Overwatch battery, but you've got a dude standing there saying, yeah, you can shoot these guys if you want, I guess. Um, but I'm going to take care of it. Just roll crits, man. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, like, even if you do roll crits, they probably all have surge tokens. So they're in, they're in Mando mode, right? And, yeah. um, you know, so at that point, the only thing that you're really scared about is um, is Pierce because, sure, they can shoot your uh, phase two units with suppressive weapons. You know what? Over a uh, standby sharing doesn't care about on the main unit Sta- suppression tokens. Like it doesn't strip standbys off the unit that's yep. that's expending it. Right. So um, it's a very different way to use this mechanic, and I think that. If you're not prepared for it, you're going to get caught off guard the first time you've got like a mainly range three army and your opponent's like, yeah, I'm going to stack like four or five standby tokens this turn so that you can't like you can walk into this area if you want. But, you know, your force user is just going to die. Maybe you're like, please walk into the, the jaws of whatever mean thing I'm going to do to you with my standby stack. Yeah. Probably yeah, I mean, annihilate that unit. Ultimately, like standby sharing is very similar to pull the strings, except on an army-wide level, right? Because pull the strings is now you control the timing of pull the strings, so that's objectively better. But essentially, you know, you're transferring an action from one unit to another unit. Yeah, and that's right. what pull the strings basically is, and that's that's also what you're doing with standby sharing. Yeah, and it's notable that you can, you know, air quotes pull the strings like six times a turn if you want to, right? Like, right. Um, it, not to mention. 
I imagine strike teams have the clone trooper keyword, right? So, you know, we're talking about 50 to 60 point units that like can just turn their stuff into phase two pools or, or I mean, like I assume arc troopers also have the clone trooper, you know, like I, I'm not sure we've seen the full spread of like what an arc trooper thing, like a, a fully equipped squad is, but I gotta, I gotta think that it's like somewhere in the realm of what a death trooper squad looks like. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give your, <laughs> give your death troopers overwatch and have uh naked stormtrooper squads transfer actions to them. That sounds pretty right, good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like uh, that seems, that seems really good to me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So, so it's um, going to make a return because Han uh, has the Pierce two gun to make sure he just murders everyone. And then reckless diversion to, you know, ensure that things don't get attacked. How would Han get to range two? Well, <laughs> I guess that's fair. By club. <laughs> reckless diversion so... is how probably. Uh. <laughs> there's also some like other really cool things you can do with this that are a little bit more corner case so um if you play take that clankers and give rex like electro binoculars <laughs> you can you can actually shoot things at range four with like a phase two z6 unit because you can give them a face up order token and then rex can just hand them an aim token um so they like fit that um whatchamacallit the uh criteria for the card text um, so they can like if something walks into their Overwatch range, they can just bomb something else at range four, um, which is yep. pretty pretty obnoxious. I, I think it's kind of corner Casey, and and maybe just kind of like a cool like trick that you can do that's not actually good, but it's just an inter- interesting interaction. Well, you don't actually need Binox for that. I assume you would run R two with three PO and use Calculate on the on the phase twos. That's you, you, yeah. You could also do that. That's probably better, actually. Um, um, you can also do things like, you know, you can use standby to attack, but you can also use it to move. Yep. So, like, if you've, if you've managed to grab a box or something with a clone trooper unit, um, you know, stack standbys behind them, and then every time a, move, a unit moves into standby range of the unit with the box, you just move them away. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just, like, dodge standby with all the other units, and all of a sudden the box carrier unit's, like, on the other side of the map. That's the rough, thing. man. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds so, cool it story, sounds so bro. This box is I'm mine. Totally looking forward to yep. playing against that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. It's uh, yeah. oh yeah, it's it's oh, definitely yeah. like a unique clone thing that is neat and interesting. But yeah, uninteractive is a, is well, depending on what kind of list you bring. Um, an interesting word for it. No, I'm just saying. Like, well, I mean. Uh, Sorry, go on. Yeah. I mean, if, if you... Oh, for certain, for certain. Well, it makes snipers even more essential, right? Yes, absolutely. Like, the the triple tauntaun lists right now are looking at clones sharing standby tokens, and it, and I think if, if you're able to get, like, a 10 activation clone list, um, all of a sudden tauntaun players are like, hmm, yeah, I don't know about this anymore, right? Like, Yeah, um... <laughs> You guys, it should, I'm sorry, you guys, I mean, um, our listeners, excuse me, listeners should uh, really do check out the previews, because uh, if you hate Tauntauns, well, I think your prayers have been answered. <laughs> There's a lot of, there is so much Tauntaun hatred coming in the next, like, few releases. 
um, between this stuff, between vibro swords, between the AAT high velocity main cannons, like there's all kinds of hatred. Yeah, the AAT is super against taunts. Yeah, yeah. So, so fear not, <laughs> fear not. Your prayers are being answered. Yeah, it's like, just, hey. you know, we we know that everyone wanted a main tank cannon with heavy velocity, high velocity on it. <laughs> hey, dude, yeah. I, hear you, I hear you like dodge tokens, bro. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. The entire rebel faction cried out in anguish because all their best units use dodges in one yeah, form or well, another. I'm sorry, but I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> I certainly don't feel bad for the Tauntauns. Mm, no, whatever. I don't feel bad for the Tauntauns. Whatever. Anyway, sorry to derail that. I just had to had to get that in there before we moved on too far. No, I, um, I think that's important to think about. Yeah. Now that said, Tauntaun lists are also usually running three snipers, so... Sure, but like, yeah, so, that means you uh, only can knock off three standbys. Right. Yeah, it's like I got six core yeah, units. Essentially, so essentially the value proposition here says, all right, the only thing that can do anything in your list are your three snipers. Right. <laughs> and when you're running triple tauntauns, that's not a good value proposition. No. Someone was also talking to me about phase twos with offensive push, which is an interesting concept. The idea that like maybe someone... Maybe you like move recover or something like that, so you can move and then share aims while moving. I don't know. It's a little strange. That seems expensive. Just for a name. It does seem expensive. I think I think you just bring more copies of Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. I I think I, I mean I'm not gonna go as far to say that that's the only training upgrade that you should put on phase twos, but I definitely think it's the best one. Yeah. So like so like what what would an army look like? Uh, four phase twos with Overwatch and two naked phase ones. Is that what a good starting point? Uh, I think I'm I'm more like if if you're gonna go hard in on the Overwatch plan, I think three and three is probably. I mean, phase twos are expensive. They um, are expensive. Yeah, or even two and four. Yeah, but uh, two and yeah, four is like a little bit like if you lose one of them, things can get weird quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe the maybe the uh, the other part of the value equation is do, how high do you rate reliable? on phase twos and, and courage too. Uh, I think both of those things are, are very good. Like, I, I think that there's room to like play with a, like a, a fully loaded phase two list. Um, Definitely. I, like, I, I don't know if it's good. Um, like what's a, what's a phase two with Z six versus a phase one with Z six. I want to know what the point spread well, is. Uh, let me, let me tell you. I'm, I'm lazy and not prepared to make this point. It's okay. So phase one with a Z6 is 77. Phase two with a Z6 is 87. So it's 10 points. Wow, that is a very small spread. Yeah, I mean, like, considering you're giving the unit courage to, and they're essentially surged on defense for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, like... It seems seems worth man ten points for it's like a ten point officer with the reliable attached. Yeah, totally. Um, you don't get the extra wound, but, but you still. I mean, it's it's pr- pretty great. It's probably fourteen points if you consider Overwatch, right? Fair. Um, but still, like that's a really good unit. Yeah. Um, it's not as significant, you know. Yeah. It's like what for four units, right? That's fifty-two. What do you think using the mortar with us? It kind of gets around its primary drawback, which is cumbersome. Yeah, no, I mean, I th- I'm not sure where a suppressive weapon fits in with this army. Well, I I don't hate the mortar because it works really well with standbys. Um, right. Uh, with that being said, 
Uh, it's only two dice as opposed to six. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think if you're going for DACA, uh, you want the Z6. I think you could probably, like, uh, basically threaten to panic anything that walks into the standby bubble you've if you've got the order. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, yeah. which is interesting. Um, I might try, like, a one-of and see what happens. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I just six black dice is like, yeah, it's okay. It's a good pool if you have surge you know? to hit, which you might. And they and they've got critical one on the mortar, so um, you've got critical one and reliable plus. Yes, so you any have other a pretty good tokens, chance to just so. functionally have surge to something. Right, right. It's you know, I mean, on average, you have surge to something. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. It's an open, I, think I think it's, it's an open question. Yeah. Um, I th- I think for two extra points, um, I would probably prefer to have a heavy weapon that gives me the flexibility to move and shoot. Yeah, that's always the, that's always the kicker. Yeah, moving and shooting. It's yeah, it's important, especially when you're like. I think that the mortar might make a lot more sense if it was on the phase ones actually, um, because yeah. of their courage value. Uh, but because the the phase twos have a courage two value, um, I think that they're they're much more likely to be moving and shooting. Um, so, she just write a book that says cumbersome ruins everything. Uh, like like just about everything with cumbersome on it is like, nah, you know, it's not cheap enough because cumbersome is a drawback, right? So it should be like slightly cheaper, right? Not not more expensive i feel i think i think weapons. i think the the short trooper mortars are pretty darn fine with cumbersome okay well that's because they're range four that's what I, I mean so is so is this mortar all right that's fair all right <laughs> maybe i'm thinking of other weapons that are that are also I, to be fair david i think i think you're you're right uh yeah. the the short trooper mortar is an exception to the rule not the rule yeah definitely it's the, it's the exception sure. that proves the rule i think yeah. Love well, is a lot about clone phase twos and, and overwatching. Yeah, I mean it's um, I think that's like if you're a clone player, you got to master that tactic because that's not going to be just like a corner case thing. That's yeah. like a sharing standbys is like a core faction identity. Yeah, for you, for clones. you need to abuse this if you're going to win tournaments yeah. with clones. The token, the yep. token sharing game is like the thing for your. Yeah, if units. if this is if this is not in your toolkit. You need to you need to find a way to put it in your toolkit yeah. because you need to you need to know how to work. It. I mean, and frankly, even without Overwatch, um, you need to, as a clone player, know when to take the standbys um, because it is it, it is a big deal. If if you're like, okay, I'm going to get charged by Luke at the end of the turn or whatever, you know, you need to be like, okay, all right, well, that means I need to take standby tokens. Like, I need to I need to just chalk it up. Let's go. Um, so. We have an article about clone token sharing somewhere in the world. Yeah, I think you wrote it, right? I think I wrote it. I did write it. Yeah, that's probably why I remember it. All right. I did write a small thing. It doesn't it doesn't cover standbys in any great depth, but it definitely covers like best practices for, for token sharing positioning in in large part, especially if you're, you know, getting into clones and figuring out what the heck do I do with these guys that makes them special. Uh, makes them not just stormtroopers. Yeah, this is one of those things. Yeah, this is definitely one of those things. This and fire supporting, but this this really 
fire supporting is icing on the cake. Um, this is the thing that makes clones tick. Yeah, this uh, action thing. fire support is like maybe you use it once per game type deal. I yeah, think, and maybe opinion. it's maybe it causes a a home run. Maybe it's a home run. You yeah, uh, you you've got to know whatever you're doing is going to work. I think to use fire support. Yeah, for sure. All right. Speaking of clones, should we move on to R two D two? Sure. All right. So R two can, uh, of course, be taken by both rebels and Republic, because um, he's in every single Star Wars movie. <laughs> and uh, uh, is he in Rogue One? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Every single. Um, he is in Rogue One. He is in Rogue One. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just I, I I couldn't remember if he was <laughs> on the ship or whatever or yeah you know where he when you know where he is in Rogue One he's literally there it's like it's like a a two second thing where Anthony Daniels says something about Scarif. Oh, and you're right. RGD two beat boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just like oh that w- oh that was nice you know that they were there and then it's like back to the movie you know. Yep. <laughs> okay, but they're not in Solo. Okay, that's true. That's, no, that's true. they're not as solo. I, I just wanted to prove you wrong. Let's continue. Only, uh, only the every non- every Skywalker saga Star Wars movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna talk about all three, but that's yeah, uh, getting off track. So, um, we'll hit his stats and his command cards and stuff. Uh, we we kind of did that previously, but we can hit him as in from a more tactical perspective. Um, but I think there's essentially like three ways to run R two. You can run them in a, and and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, you guys are the clone players. But you can run them in a clone list as like a, um, you know, potential extra victory point, but also with three PO for calculate for the extra tokens. Um, and he's a cheap thirty-five to fifty point activation, which is super important for clones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more like a standard, you know, clones clone lists are gun lines right now. They don't really have any other way to do it, so that's more of like a quote unquote traditional style list. Um, you can run them in a similar style, you know, traditional style uh, rebel list, which I think is, um, well, well, we'll talk, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Jedi Luke because that's what I've been running with him. But I think generally that's less good than the third version for rebels, which is running him with Tauntauns, uh, just naked without 3PO. Yep. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think the three that you've posed are pretty close to right. I, I do think that there's kind of like a fourth option here, and that's uh, R2-D2 with anything that has the armor keyword that's a vehicle. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah, so R2 repairing the server. Yeah, R2 I mean, I think it's notable that he gets barks too. Not that they're very good, but... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do right? think about barks. I, I mean, like... I've already written off. I've written that, off the bark. Maybe, perhaps, mistake. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's the general consensus right now that the bark is is not very good. Um, but it, it is worth noting that R two can repair them presently. So, um, just something to think about. Uh, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to spend the money on a ten act triple bark sure. X list. <laughs> I just I mean, didn't want to do yeah. that. Those of us that bought three corsets can do it for free. So whatever. <laughs> that's true it's just, yeah. just something yeah. that you already own <laughs> it is it is notable so the first keyword of course on his card is repair to capacity to um there's two things that are notable about this that make it different from like the standard astromech repair yep 
The first is that it is not a free action. Yep. Um, it'd be kind of gross if it was. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Because be because he can also repair himself. Importantly, he is yes. a droid trooper. Um, so uh, there's that. Um, but it also is repair two capacity two, which means that um, he can do it twice, and each time he does it, he repairs two wounds, not one. Because you know, if you repeat, if you read the repair entry very carefully, it basically says like, when you use this action, put a wound token on the card, and then repair whatever the, um, you know, repair X is. Yeah, it's no. kind of weird, frankly. Yeah, it's the wording is weird, but essentially what this means is he can repair twice, and each time he repairs, he can repair two wounds. So and situationally, he has eight health. So, right, yes. or, or ten if you take three three PO. <laughs> it's also notable in For this how game. How many up, points again? Fifty. Fifty. Um, yeah. So. It's also notable, and I, d- okay. I didn't know that you could do this because this has never come up with anything other than R2, but you actually can, it's remove X tokens um, from whatever the target is. So you can, re- like, in one repair action, you can take a damage token and a wound off a vehicle. Yep. Um, it oh, yeah, have, token. yeah, it doesn't have to just be wounds, um, right. which is, I actually, I was like, oh, that's actually really good. Um because my initial reaction was like, you could do one or the other. Um, yeah, you no longer have to choose. You can right. choose to just do it You know, in the moment. You can just say, I'm going to get rid of whatever the damage token is and add the health and then spend the charge to do that. Rather yeah. than having to choose health or token, yeah. like every other astromech. Right, because you only get you only do take off one token when you normally repair. So that's a really interesting difference in what R2 can do. Um, Definitely. So yeah, I, I guess that's a good viable uh, fourth fourth type. I, I was sort of lumping the saber in there with the Republic gun line because at least right now I think that's um, probably the best way to run them. But uh, you could also do you know R two Rex and Kenobi if you wanted to, and that would also get you to nine activations. Yeah, I mean you can also have them like hug a land speeder, right? Or you know hug a bunch of ATRTs that are in a land speeder. Yep. Yeah. Or get in the land speeder, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's maybe a little bit more corner casey, but yes. <laughs> yeah, so he does, of course, his unit defining keyword is essentially secret mission, which we've talked about in the past. But if you get into your opponent's deployment zone and R2 lives to the end of the game, you get a victory point. Yeah. This is this is super relevant for the Tauntaun list type because if you're running triple Tauntauns... Um, you know, they create, they're so mobile and they create so much threat that, like, and having played against this, um, you, you can't, like, you, you just don't have the resources to split off and deal with R2. You know, in your brain, you're like, oh, he's only four wounds. That's fine. But if you send a core unit or something after R2 to go kill him, the three Tauntauns are going to run you over. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's notable that like the Tons are already force projecting. Like they're pushing a lot of times they they push you out of the area that R two needs to be right. Right. So they can kind of cut you off from a section of your deployment zone, and then R two just kind of like sneaks in there behind the Tauntauns as you're getting you know charged a light brigaded. Um, yeah. So with secret mission, it's it's worth noting just generally, and this is for all all ways of running R two. Deployment zone is really important 
because that's all you need to get to. Uh, battle lines and disarray in particular make it much easier to score secret, secret mission than say like long march or major offensive. Advanced um, positions is pretty good for him too, I think. <clears throat> it is, yeah. That's also a pretty, pretty big wide deployment zone. Um, from from easiest to hardest, I'd probably rank them disarray, battle lines, advanced positions, major offensive, and then long march yep. in that order. So that's kind of how you should be prioritizing it. Um, Objective-wise, of course, it uh, you know it's it's better on objectives that tend to have close scores. So recover, VAPs, key positions. Less good on uh, intercepts. Still, probably pretty good on breakthrough. At least if you're running the Tauntaun version, because Tauntauns are so good at that anyway. Um, and of course, if you get R two in there. And keep him in your opponent's deployment zone. He's worth two points instead of one. Yeah, it, it's sort of a doubling down on that objective. Yeah, to some degree. But yeah, so you're probably um, you're probably not cutting intercepts if you're running him with tauntauns anyway, because tauntauns are also really good at intercept. Um, but yeah, you really can't go wrong there. So. If you're running the Tauntaun version, you're probably running him behind or just away from the Tauntauns. Um, just kind of creeping him towards your opponent's deployment zone for the duration of the game. If you're running like a gunline version with R2, um, in my opinion, it's much more opportunistic. Like you should definitely not count on scoring secret mission as part of your game plan. Yeah, you need to treat it like bounty. Right. Whereas, you know, if like, you know, kind of sneak him up there. Um, if your opponent gives you an opening, certainly take it. But uh, it, it's a much less like proactive sort of secret mission scoring than than with the trip tauntaun version. Um, and I've been, so I've been running him in a you know more quote unquote traditional rebel gun line uh, with Jedi Luke and then DLTs and three PO for calculate because calculate odds is really good on Jedi yeah, Luke. Um, if you run him with saber throw. Of course, if you can get into melee, obviously you're doing that. Um, and if you do that with an aim and a dodge, that's going to be great. Dodges on any version of Luke are obviously desirable. Um, but the aim token is nice too. Like Luke, Luke really likes aim tokens, both at range and in melee. Uh, and he rarely has a way to get them because they're you know rebels don't have spotter. So um, this is a way to give him both a dodge token and an aim token at the same time. And uh, Jedi Luke also has four courage, so he doesn't really care about the suppression, and it might be helpful for cover purposes. Yeah, it seems like a natural so. fit on a uh, on operative Luke to do it this way. Yeah. So usually, usually what I do is I kind of run him close to operative Luke, and you know, operative Luke tends to be at some point during the game pushing anyway. Um, you know, so hopefully, like near the end of the game, you're you're hitting your opponent's zone or some area near your opponent's zone with both Jedi Luke and R two at the same time. And then you can kind of sneak him into that end zone. Um, let's let's talk about blast off real quick because one thing that I found with that setup is that secret mission in general is a lot harder to score with blast off. But at least if you're running him with Luke, there's no way you're dropping Son of Skywalker or um, serve serve your master for blast off. You, I think you have a you mentioned this earlier, Mike, just about blast off generally. What's what's your opinion on on that card? Um. Man, you're putting me in a spot. Uh, okay, fine. Um, 
I think that blast off is pretty mandatory. Um, if 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 you're if you are counting on R two scoring, you need to have blast off in your deck. If you're not counting on R two scoring, fine, whatever. Um, but let me tell you, the first time that Operative Vader puts your R two on top of a building, you're gonna be very sorry you didn't have blast off. <laughs> Yeah, because of course R two cannot climb. So, yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you huck him um, up on top of a building with Vader's might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it essentially just kills him. I mean, like you get yeah. you still have an activation that like padded, but like if you're engaged, eh, sometimes drawing an operative token that does nothing is worse than him being dead. Definitely, you know. Because you're basically passing an activation where you need the tempo to be preserved, right? Because now you're in, you're you're in battle now, and you need to move with everything, right? You're like, oh man, I really wish I drew a tauntaun, and I drew this robot that's stuck on top yeah, of a building and, and can't tauntaun shoot anything. Got snapped off uh, by Vader in the meantime, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know. I hate to say that anything's mandatory, but I, I do think that if you're if you're counting on R2, and I think this specifically goes for like the Tauntaun lists need to be running Blast Off. Um, I think if you're running like a Luke Sabine deal, it's really hard to justify cutting any of those cards for Blast Off. Um, and I get that. But you need to, like, the other thing is maybe you just need to keep R2 away from buildings that are tall, which is a problem because he really likes line of sight blocking terrain, right? So, like, eh, so there's a little bit of a push-pull there. Um, clearly, if you're not playing against Vader, this isn't an issue. But just be aware that there is literally cards out there that say R2 doesn't get to do his thing ever if you don't take his command card. Um well, and even if you're not facing Vader, I've found that Secret Mission is still much more difficult to score without Blast Off just because, you know, the way line of sight blockers work and in order to keep him safe, like sort of creeping him at speed one the entire game directly towards your opponent's deployment zone is very different than creeping him at speed one towards the line of sight blocker near your opponent's deployment zone and then on the last turn playing Blast Off and leaping over that. Line yeah. of sight blocker into your opponent's deployment zone. Yeah, it's it, it's very different. And the, your opponent's going to know you have it is the real issue, I think, um, generally. And I also think, to some degree, if you're playing any of R2's command cards, you should probably have comms relay on him because you don't want order tokens on R2 most of the time. I agree with that, um, especially for the smokescreen card. Yeah. Like you would much rather just have no time for sorrows on basically any two units you wanted instead of R two and a unit, right? So yeah, he can sort of he can sort of use the extra move, but it's I don't know, man. You're like usually you're playing the slow cards early, so it doesn't synergize that well. Like like it's got a bunch of it's being pulled in different directions, right? Yeah, and because you, you got the slow speed, the smoke token, and the move. And, and well, you know you're kind of like go for it. Yeah, R two so. The way Smokescreen reads, R2 does not get an extra move with Smokescreen because it's, oh, it's another trooper unit. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's fair. still a great card, um, but comms really lets you do it with two units instead of just, you know, the one trooper that you're targeting 
that's not R2. Oh, okay, well, never mind me. That means it's a straight buff to take relay. Yeah, yep. and, and like just being able to like you know give two Tauntauns a, an extra no time for sorrows is seems good. Yeah, seems seems great, man. Like <laughs> I don't mind if I do, right? Um so yeah. yeah. Uh that's how I feel about it. Um I'm by no means like objectively right, but I think that uh, uh you should take those to heart. <laughs> I've also found the smoke token to be more useful than I thought with this card. Like smoke grenades are bad. Yeah, because right? they cost points and they like are in action, right? Right. But free smoke tokens. You know, yeah. it's cover one. Yeah. Where you put it. I mean so standby tokens uh, <laughs> throw the rest of the first half of this episode out, right? Standby tokens are generally pretty bad, except when they're free, they're great. Right, like same sort of principle. Yeah, here, I think. Right, like it. Honestly, yeah. if smoke was like once per battle, but didn't cost an action, you'd see it everywhere. Right. People. Would yeah, use if it, it was like a discard yeah, effect, or people something. would use it. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and here it's on top of a no time for sorrows effect. Yeah. So. So it's really good. It's pure bonus. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I've been running when I run this with Jedi Luke. I run smoke screen. Because it's a way to give Jedi Luke no time for sorrows, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, he uh, needs that. having to take Leia. He really needs that. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't, <laughs> but he, it's really good. <laughs> uh, I mean, funny. I think we we can all agree that the two pip is not good, right? Impromptu immolation. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, like the the the, the effect is fine, but in what situation? Are you going to be attacking something with R2? Uh, okay, I have, and I have actually wanting this over I have some one situation in mind. R2 is being tied up in melee by B1 battle droids. That's the one situation that I can think of. Sure. But like that specific thing aside, you know, any build that you're running R2. So let's talk about those builds. Um, let's talk about those builds that we talked about earlier, right? You've got Tauntaun R2. If you're doing that, you're definitely going to want push because you want orders on Tauntauns. Um, if you're running Jedi Luke R2, you're going to be running, you know, my ally and full of surprises because those are both amazing. Um, and you want orders on Luke, not on R2. And if you're running, you know, the saber version of R2, um, you're going to want push, and you know, you're probably running with Rex, so you're going to want to take back clankers like. It's not that this card is, you know, free flamethrower is fine, but it's not nearly as good as the two pips right. that it's going to be naturally paired with, which includes push often. Yeah. I mean, I think so, it it has a similar issue that, like, Boba's flamethrower does, except the Boba's flamethrower has the advantage that you get to put an order on a unit you want to. I think the two pip right, is right. the... I don't know. Um, yeah, if you're taking it with comms relay, maybe. I two guess. pips the most competitive slot. I, I don't know. So yeah. it, it better be good, and this card is not that great. It's probably the most yeah. competitive rebel slot, I guess. I feel. I mean, like the the one pips that you're taking in rebel lists are pretty 
cut and dry. Yeah, right? it's either double Luke um, or explosions bombard. But the two pips generally or explosions blast off. Yeah, generally. Um. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't really see a situation where you're taking that card ever. Which is fine. That doesn't make R2 bad by any stretch of the imagination. No, I mean, he's 35 points. Right. <laughs> I, know, I like, like, like... All right, so let's talk about 3PO real quick. Um, so you're probably not taking 3PO in the, in the Tauntaun versions because you don't have the points, but uh, I'm definitely taking him in the Jedi Luke version. And you're probably also taking him in the clones version because calculate odds is really good. Yeah, I think it depends on if there's uh, a vehicle in your list or not. Um, I think if if you've got a, a saber, um, R two like a naked R two is much more defensible in a in a republic list. Um, yeah, because he's repairing and he's he's got the possibility of scoring an extra victory point. Yeah, but I do I do think that if you're not taking armor, you probably want three PO. Yeah, and even if you are, fifteen points for two extra health and calculate is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, and it's it's really I mean like I'm sure that most people have put this together already, but calculate can turn on inconspicuous, um, which is important. Yeah, you can do it on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's also it's also important that of course three PO is an extra model. So this gives you ways to use cohesion to get cover um, because of how. They're... So now he's, so well, now he's a strike team. <laughs> right? Essentially. Or it's on um, yeah. Oh, man. Is, is the rebel faction identity just a bunch of strong two model <laughs> units? Maybe. I mean, and because of how the counterpart rules work, they essentially have like a shared health pool. So you can, you can shuffle those wound tokens. Well, you can't shuffle them during the game. But like when you take wounds, even if you can't see 3PO, you can still assign the wounds to 3PO. Right. You, you, you heard what you did there, right? Even if you can't see 3PO, you can still sign <laughs> 3PO. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, nice. I totally did it on purpose. Um, yep. Yeah. Totally Completely planned. planned, like all dad jokes. All right. Um, so there, <laughs> I calculates, uh, I like it a lot on Jedi Luke for the reasons we already discussed. It's good in a clone list because you know, that dodge and that aim can be used by like anybody. If you give it to a clone trooper, almost anybody. Um, Giving Kenobi dodge tokens also good. Yep. Yeah. Soon giving, uh, you know, Padme that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then she could pass well, it she on. She also has nimble, right? Oh, like, oh yeah. Yeah. She has, she has nimble. This sh- she has nimble. She does. does she have quick thinking? Yeah, that's pretty sure. Oh wow, mind mind blown. Okay, so now we have three PO calculate. Yeah, she is. Uh, I mean, like quick thinking, sort of. Holy seems smoke. to be the take cover two kind of analogous ability on Padme's card. So then, so they, you calculate to Padme, and then quick thinking standby. <laughs> wow, yeah, and you've got five green tokens there to share. Seems good. Seems great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so let's calculate. I think I think three PO is worth the fifteen points if you can find them in, in a non any non time. Yeah. So I have a question and I don't actually know the answer to this off the top of my head. Can you 
spend Padme's dodge tokens to use during Guardian with Kenobi. Oh, uh, snap. Hmm. That's a good question. Huh. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, I'm just okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause him here and say, let's wait till the RRG comes out. Yeah. I just uh That's a great thought though. That's an excellent thought. I'm I'm just interested if if that's like actually a thing. Yeah, because all we all we yeah. have for exemplars reminder text, but um, yeah. If you could do that, that if would be thing, that though. would be super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah. That's an interesting thought. And Padme is really interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we already had that section of the show. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so uh, there's one more ability here on 3PO's card, Distract. Um, I've never used it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't. If you're the, I don't to know. something, like you're probably... It seems situationally like... Like I'm sure that there are situations where doing this could win you a game, but I haven't run into one of those yet. I mean, so if you have blast off and your opponent plays, and now you will die, um, and you're in heavy cover, maybe this isn't terrible. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You lose inconspicuous. Like you're sort of inverting the R2 value proposition, right? Which is don't shoot at me to shoot at me. I mean, this, this essentially is like, I'm trading R2 so that Luke will live is I feel like when this ability is good. Yeah, that's fair. Or Obi or whatever, whatever other unit you don't want to die. Right. Well, and there are some tricks you can use too to limit the damage where you can like, you know, put R2 behind a line of sight blocker, swing 3PO out there. Um, Take the hits on. Well, let's see. Can you eliminate three PO if, if R two is uh, is fully healthy? I don't actually know offhand. Yeah, the I, I rules. Thank you. I imagine you can. I think you. Can. Um, but if you if you could, then you know you take two wounds, you eliminate three PO, and then you use repair to bring him back <laughs> behind the line of sight blocker. I'm hearing Anthony Daniels I, yelling, "Help! Please help!" <laughs> I, I think the best use of this ability is in the middle of a lightsaber fight. Uh, and you have like, you know, Kenobi, Grievous, and R2 all in melee. And R2's like, nah, dude, you got to attack me this turn. <laughs> um, uh, is really the only way. I mean, like, you can interchange those character names with set different factions or whatever. But I think that this really shines in melee where they can't, like, get out of the melee to do something else or. Um, and and they're forced to like stay in base contact with Operative Luke, and but they have to be attacking R two instead. Like, yeah. So it's important to note that this is not just ranged attacks. This is attacks, right? right? Yes. So, yeah. You know, um, they they can clearly just withdraw, but like, you know, they, essentially you can force them to give up an attack on whatever on like their one pip turn with you know something good. Um, you know, you can do this on an enemy Luke when they send a Skywalker if they're in your. Now they'll probably be able to force push R two out of melee or whatever. But um, it, there's some corner cases there that can be abused. 
Yeah, there are some super potentially useful corner cases, but I've never personally used it. This is this is not why you. I've looked for reasons to use no. it, and I've been hard pressed on all of my games. Yeah, like it's potentially amazing. Well, but mostly, mostly probably going to sneak up at like a big tournament, and then someone's going to like see the see the play, and then we're all going to like gasp because we've never seen that before, or something like that. I can, I can see that being that kind of that kind of ability. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on um, real briefly uh, to the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll save our exploration section um, for next week. So um, you guys got any final thoughts? <laughs> no, no thoughts. We're good. <laughs> cannon to the left of them, cannon to the right of them. Cannon in front of them volleyed and thundered into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell, rode the six tauntauns. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you've memorized like the first part of the light brigade, charge of the light brigade. Yeah, that poem is the only poem that I've like ever actually read. Um, because it's dope, yeah. it's a good poem. Yes, All it's right. actually it's really sad if you consider what the words actually say, but you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, soldiers die in war. <laughs> uh, yeah. They do. They usually don't die needlessly, but they do. Yeah. Um, all right. I shouldn't say usually. Yeah. Uh, right, let's get to <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So people should see 1917. I just saw that recently. That's on my brain. It was an um, amazing movie. Also, yeah. kind of a downer, but yeah. Definitely a downer, but amazing. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. And I'm David. And we will see you next week. Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. 